Hello and welcome to my vlog. I am Brian Foster and today we're going to talk about another series seven in our talks about the book Gone West. And this one is about colleges and hospitals in the spirit realm. And the person that wrote this, he had visions and he had conversations in the spirit realm was J.S.M. Ward. And this was in the early uh, 20th century. And it's a very fascinating look. This is not a, he's not a spiritist, but I compare and contrast what he wrote to what spiritist literature tells us. And he has some, I always like to see different points of view. This like I've gone through many net, near death experiences, NDEs, and see different points of view, what people think the spirit realm is, what spiritist says it is, and, and compare how people could have some misconceptions and how they, they are the same, but maybe just through a little bit different lens. But before I start, please subscribe, hit the bell, hit the like button if you please, share this, leave a comment if you want more or have ideas of other, other uh, videos you would like to see about spiritism, asking questions. I have done several of those from people who've given me topics they'd like to discuss, and I find that very interesting. So, Let's get into it. And this is about the colleges and hospitals of the spirit realm. So first we start with how colleges organize. So this is the, the author saying, I found myself in HJL study. He began with, I think I'll tell you a little bit more about myself. And he said, well, yes, I hope you will. It's quite a long time since you did, I replied. And I'm quoting. Well, it was necessary to get on with the narratives of the others, and further, I wanted to collect and sift further experiences. It would be no use giving you the almost same experience over and over again. So now I propose to tell you something about this college. So very interesting. So now we're going to hear about colleges in the spirit realm. There are all manner of institutions here and societies of, all, of almost every description. Some are devoted to develop one's spiritual nature, others to helping those less fortunate than ourselves. Some, again, are composed of kindred spirits bent on making new discoveries in the same subjects as interested them when on earth. While a fourth group devote their attention to inspiring men with new facts that they have discovered or developed here. Indeed, I could devote the whole of this meeting to merely mentioning the various types of societies that exist here. But instead, I will give you a few details of the four types just mentioned and a fuller description of an actual society, this college, which belongs to one of these types. Omitting number one for the moment, as the college and secondary schools belong to it, I'll take numbers two, three, and four. Number two includes various societies devoted to rescuing souls in hell and also others which endeavor to help men still on earth and to keep on the right path. The band of spirits who organizes the house of refuge in hell are a good example of this type. And I talked about this in our previous uh, live stream on YouTube. Then he goes on and says, number three includes many societies bent on working out scientific laws and principles of art architecture, medicine, music, and so forth. I belong to a society of, of Renaissance architects who are bent on evolving new ideas without departing too far from the underlying principles of the Renaissance architecture. Number four is the corollary of number two, as number two is the corollary of number one. But many of the spirits who are in number three do not care about inspiring mortals with their discoveries. Sometimes this is because they're simply no longer interested in the earth, but often it is because they have discovered by painful experience that either their ideas become but the mere travesty of the original when impressed upon the minds of men, or far worse, they are taken and devoted to evil instead of to useful purposes. Thus, good ideas of art are extremely liable to suffer the former fate while scientific or engineering ideas, being in some measure more mundane, are often properly grasped, but at the same time turned to evil uses by the perverse nature of men. 
Now, let me stop for there for a second. So again, this corresponds to what we've been told in many spiritist literature. And in fact, in, in the Communications of Spirits to the Reverend G. Val Owen in the book Beyond the Veil, she talks about the College of Colors, the College of Music, how they inspire men and women on earth with music or painting or colors or, you know, new discoveries. And sometimes it, you know, it gets very difficult to get the idea through. And even Alan Kardec says in his book, The Book of Mediums, says that people of genius really are good mediums. They're good, they're good intuitive, inspirational mediums where they pick up these ideas from the from the spirit world. And we are told that most, the vast majority of ideas really come from the spirit world and the people here who create them are conduits. That doesn't take away from their genius because they had the idea and then they were able to take that idea and fashion it so it could be successful on earth. That takes a lot of intelligence and perseverance. So I'm not taking away anyone's genius on, on this, but most of the, the inspiration, and we are all inspirational mediums of one, of one sort or another, comes mostly from the spirit world. Now, let me carry on. Thus, it is that a large body of spirits refuse absolutely to pass on their discoveries to men. There is the, I'm sorry, the result is that many societies belonging to group three impose a rule that no discovery made by any member of the society, while a member may be communicated either to a mortal or to any spirit who is a member of any society in group four. Not all societies, however, impose this rule, but leave it to the choice of the member whether he or she shall belong to a society in group four. All, however, abstain as societies from inspiring men, the work is left in the hands of group four. I might as well add that medical societies are particularly numerous in group four. And then JWS, would you always belong to society if you wish to inspire? Can't individuals do this work quite as well by themselves? And HJL, the spirit, said, well, it could be done, but not quite as well. In practice, we find it is better to have a society, although quite a small one, now about this college, it is under the control of a master who has a second in command. Then to assist them, there is a committee with a chairman. And then JW said, well, like a Freemason's Lodge, a master, senior, and junior warden. And the spirit says, well, I don't know much about Freemasons, but that's rather the idea. The members of this college consist of three divisions. We are promoted from the first to the second and from the second to the third according as we learn the great spiritual truths. From the third or highest division, the committee is elected. The various officials are chosen by the head of the college from this committee. So then JW asks, well, it really is like a Freemason's Lodge, which is three degrees and so on. And the Spirit says, very likely, probably the idea was inspired from this side. Still, it is a very natural arrangement and somewhat similar to college on earth with its first, second, and third year men and its fellows. And then JW asked, have you anything corresponding to an examination? And the answer was not really. What happens is that our teachers, when they consider we have learned all there is to be learned in that degree, if so you like to call us, call it, send us on to the next set of teachers. On entering this new degree, we are received with a certain amount of ceremony. These divisions, you quite understand, have nothing to do with the divisions of this plane. We are still in the division of half-belief. Those are the divisions he gave the names to. Even when in the third degree in our college, that is why I rather jump at the word degree to avoid confusion. And then JW asked, well, what degree are you in? He said, well, I'm still in the lowest, but I hope soon to be promoted to the next. Now is the time you return. So... Now, let me tell you what Spiritism tells about colleges. Now, it's very interesting. So he talks about colleges and he talks about education and he talks about graduating from one level to the next. So this goes against many people's idea of heaven. Isn't heaven a place where we go to, to rest and relax and do nothing, right? Play on our harp amongst the the clouds? Well, no. 
Spiritism brings us the unvarnished central truth. We don't know. Look, there's a lot we don't know. But I do tell a lot about heaven and the areas below in my book, Heaven and Below, in which I talk about what we do know from different spiritist literature and a lot from the Reverend G. Val Owen about heaven and how it is organized. But now I want to talk about the colleges. And in that, this is a lot of what I'm talking about is in my book, Spirits in the Spirit Universe. Now, I, now first, why, why should you care, right? Why is this important to you? Well, let's talk about it this way. If you are intent on entering a new job, mostly when you look at a new job, you want to, you want to investigate and discover about the company you are going to be in. If you go to an interview and say, well, would you like to join our organization? Do you know anything about our organization? And if you say the answer is, well, no, I just kind of wanted to make money. And goes, well, what do you have? What do you, what do you want to do here? It goes, well, nothing, just rest. And they would look at you and say, well, I don't really think we would like you to join our organization. Well, I'm sorry to say to many people out there, including myself years ago, that heaven's the same way. They want, they want people who are intellectually curious, self-disciplined, and motivated and motivate themselves, right? That will help motivate you, but they would really like you to be self-motivated. And I talk about all about this in my book, Spirit and the Spirit Universe. But let's get on about colleges so you understand more of that. Because what I'm telling you is for your consideration so that you understand why you're on earth, right? You're not on earth just to be here, survive until the, the, your plan date to, to go, and then go to a nice place in heaven and be at rest for eternity. No, heaven is work. Now, it's fun work. You don't get fired. You don't worry about pay. You don't get sick. You do the job you'd like to do. But it's intellectually exciting. And that's really the, the way they want you. They want you to be intellectually excited. So you always you always want to learn more. Just like this like spirit talking to, to our, our medium is, you know, he wants to be a joint of society. He, he wants to go to the next level because it's fun and it's interesting. So now let's, let me tell you what spiritism tells. So let's start from the beginning. There is a plan for our children, right? Everybody knows, right? Let's, let's compare it to here. First, they go to nursery school or start at kindergarten, then up through a elementary school to high school. If the student is motivated or able, then on to college, which may entail multiple college and many years of study. Well, there is a process in the spirit world too, and it consists of graduated steps just like ours, except it lasts for all eternity. Now, for many, especially for me, I realize this last thing I just said is frightening because believe me, when I was done with college, and I'm not saying everybody needs college here on earth, that's not true, but you always need to keep learning. I was so done with it. <clears throat> now, I later went back and got my master's degree but, you know, that was not because I was that interested in it, but because it was necessary to rise in the organization. So, but the good news is you don't have to go to these colleges or schools in the spirit universe. The only limitation in not choosing additional education is the inability to ascend to the next level of heaven. Therefore, if you wish, you could decide to take a break for a thousand years or so. Free will is always respected in the spirit realm. You have the free will to park yourself at whatever level you like. You don't have to take a class. You don't have to join a debate group. None of that. Now, you may have less uh, realm of free realm of travel and other, other things, but that's, you know, that's part of the, what you decide. So, the spirit Zabdial reveals the process of education and ascending in book two of the book, The Life Beyond the Veil, called The Highlands of Heaven section. And he tells the Reverend G. Baal how at each level, smaller communities contain education centers 
to teach the newer residents of any level, just as I described in the book Gone West. Then, if a student desires, they journey on to a larger population center for more study. Now, Zabdiel, in a previous communication, described a large heavenly city on the 10th level of heaven, and I described that book in chapter 11 in book 1 of Heaven and Below. And the city had a grand temple located on a hill. And in a message he sent to the Reverend Jibao Owen on December 9th, 1913, Zabdal reviews the structure of education. So this, this is interesting. This is, I'll quote him. The temple shrine of which I spoke is of use not for worship alone, but for instruction of those competent to receive it. This is the high school of the sphere, and only those who have passed through the lower forms may come here for their final learning. At various points in that region are other schools or colleges, each for some special class of instruction in wisdom, and some few for the coordination of some of these branches together. The city itself has three of these colleges, where those who have passed through what I will call the provincial schools, which sounds like this is where the person was not gone west, <clears throat> come to learn the relative value of the various teachings they have received and to combine them together. In many spheres, this is line is followed, but each sphere is both continuous and also in advance of the sphere inferior to itself. So from that, the lower to the higher spheres, there is a graduated and graded system of progress and every step onward implies an added capability not alone of power, but enjoyment of the using of it. So each level of heaven, there are more and more colleges, and you, you finish one level, and if you graduate, he says, it implies an added capability, not alone of power. And this is something I'm going to go in even a little bit more depth, but that doesn't, so what it means is you, you are actually altered. You're actually added to. You're given more tools in your toolbox. You have more power as a spirit. It's not just a piece of paper. It is raw power. This is why we're going through what we're going through on earth, is to prepare ourselves for this great power. And I say, what, is, what do I mean by power? I mean, thought is action. And the more higher and higher you go, the more you understand how to use your thoughts, the more power you have to use your thoughts to create and destroy and modify other things with other groups of spirits. That is what I'm talking about. Now, let's go back a bit. If one considers each stage of heaven independently, their system of driving students from beginning their education in small systems small and centers then advancing the graduating classes to major university hubs is quite similar to ours. As in our system, students are not obligated to graduate. They may change their minds and stay where they are or travel to lower spheres if that is their desire. Now, whatever detours a student takes at some point, they will, will most probably be motivated to once again begin the educational process. The signs of the joys of higher levels are everywhere in the spirit realm. The system is designed to present to the population at any given level the attraction of advancing higher. Every time a region is visited by higher spirits, the pageantry of their arrival demonstrates what lies ahead. The constant message is there are rewards in focusing your energy in learning. And the method is always the carrot, never the stick. A path is laid out of future possibilities. Spirits can see the rewards awaiting them. Hence, one reads about spirits creating difficult trials on earth with much suffering so they can purify themselves enough to climb to the next level. Now, let's talk about the professors, the instructors. Zabdile tells us about the teachers that lead the classes. This is what he says. Instructors are mostly those who have qualified for the next sphere in advance, but who elect to stay in order to teach those who, in their turn, shall succeed them when at length they go on into their proper place of abode. From time to time, these preceptors do make their journey into the sphere above, 
and then return to continue their task. For they are enabled to bear it enhance glory, while those who are of less degree are not able to do so. And also there come once and again those of higher spheres into the lower for friendly intercourse and conversation with their fellows who teach there, and then they nearly always are willing to condition themselves according to the environment of that same lower sphere in order that they may impart some loving words of encouragement to the pupils. So what did he tell us? What is pertinent and so unlike the majority of our teachers on earth is that all of the instructors have attained their position because they have actually been successful in the course they are teaching. I don't know about you, but in my experience in the schools on earth, one can always tell the difference between teachers teaching from theory and those teaching from experience. The quality of the classroom experience is, in the vast majority of cases, more pronounced and productive for the student. Nothing is more entertaining for the student than hearing the real life stories of a professor as part of a class and at the same time, frequently unbeknownst to the listeners, valuable information is being disseminated. Those rare times when I have been privileged to be in a class led by one of these types of professors have been the most memorable and valuable. I also believe, for it has been hinted in various sections, that a student isn't ob <coughs> excuse me, obliged to be locked in the classroom learning. There are missions to perform while in class, and there are exercises undertake. One may travel to different spheres and even to earth to facilitate an important task, all part of the broad educational experience. So imagine, imagine studying what is of vital interest to you. Remember back to that one class you couldn't get enough of. Now you have a glimpse of what life in heaven could be. This is, after all, why you are here on earth why you are trekking through trial after trial, all to advance, to correct those blemishes, those primitive emotions, which hold you back from ascending. So I hope this gives you just a peek. This entices you a little bit on the colleges in heaven. There is so much more. And I encourage everyone to start studying and reading about spiritism so you can you can actually prepare yourself. If you can prepare yourself, just like going to that job interview, if you understand about where you're going to go, then you'll be more ready to become productive as soon as you pass over from this physical life. In fact, I'll tell you a story it's told by Chico Xavier, the great Brazilian medium. Now, Chico's mother was in the spirit world. And Chico, he was on earth at the time, and his sister who was, was never a spiritist. She, she was a good Catholic woman, and she, and she never left her church. God bless her. She died, and Chico asked his mother, well, how's my sister? And she goes, well, I went to talk to your sister. And he goes, and this is what happened. This is Chico's mother. And she says, I talked to your sister and said, okay, you're, we're going to put you in this Catholic colony so you can rest and relax and prepare yourselves, yourself to life in the spirit realm. He said, take your time, you know, get used to it, get used to the environment. He goes, oh, this is so nice. He goes, but, but, but mom, our mother, goes, you know, I'm, I'm in a Catholic colony. He goes, but what about, a spiritist. What happens when a spiritist dies and come over, comes over to here? And she goes, well, they're put to work right away. Why? Because they are prepared for what they are over there, right? They're prepared to what awaits them. They are prepared to, to begin a task that they've, that they've left for a while, even though they probably worked on that task while they were asleep and wandering in the spirit world. Sometimes yes, sometimes no but they are, should be ready to do what they need to do. And they're not, you know, they're always, you know, depending on how you are, there's always periods of transition, but they understand the aim of the spirit world, right? And that is of learning and improving yourself and getting ready for your next life because you want to improve yourself more. Now, eventually, when this planet Earth, our planet of atonement, where we pay for our past wrongs, becomes the planet of regeneration, 
we won't have to concentrate on, you know, extracting the primitive emotions, hate, envy, jealousy, and, you know, pride and selfishness. And we just want to concentrate on this in increasing some, uh, some talents that we want, more experiences, etc. Now, let's go more into the book. And this is now we're talking on, on about a hospital on the spirit plane. And so then our great psychic, right? Found it, said, I found myself in HJL's room. And he says, I went to see one of our mental hospitals recently. And then JW says, hospitals? I thought you said there was no pain here. You said it was left on the threshold of hell. And the spirit said, no, there isn't any pain. Still, some spirits come here whose minds have long been clouded, and these need treatments. And he goes, mental cases may be roughly divided on earth as follows. Now, of course, this is back in the early 20th century. So this, this language is not very, you know, uh, as we use it here. And he said, number one, are idiots, and number two, lunatics. Now, the latter fall into at least three divisions. Number one, lunacy caused by physical defects in early or late in life. Lunacy caused by evil life, or at least evil passions. And number three, lunacy caused by religious mania and sun, such kindred mental disturbances and lack of balance, ergo excessive sorrow. And he goes, as regards to... Um, Idiots, which is number one, there is a cause of some kind of physical defect, and its result is that the individual, to a greater or less extent, comes here ignorant and in need of teaching. The less knowledge they possess, the lower they will start, if they have no knowledge even of God and of a future life. They will go to the topmost division of hell. You remember, however, there is no real suffering there. There they will be taught in special schools, not either with the babes or the evil souls who are progressing. Some, however, have been able to acquire some knowledge of God in a future life and may come to us. Contrary rise, there may have sufficient intelligence to be responsible for turning their back on faith, but these are rare. The whole of this group, however, owe their mental difficulty to some physical, not spiritual defect, and therefore, once clear of the physical, need teaching but not medical treatment in any form. Let me stop there. This is backed up. And I want to tell a lot of people, because this has always been one of my fears. What happens, you know, here, you know, I, I'm mentally competent, at least sort of, at this moment. But what happens if, if I was hit on the head or got an automobile accident and I was severely disabled? Who would I be when I died and went to the, phys uh, the spiritual world? Well, the answer is your spirit intelligence isn't affected. And what he is saying here is that these people who were severely uh, damaged here on earth are, you know, and limited, that was, that was probably a reason for their paraspirit and it may have been a reason to confine them so they could only do so much as a planned trial. But when they come back, they'll have to go through some, some training to, to, to reconnect to their to their real spirit intelligence because all all spirits are created equal you can all be as smart as the other person if that is what you want to be right if that is, you know you all have the same capability it's not like on earth i'll never be as smart as you know some nuclear physicist and i'll never run as fast as anybody who you know tried out for the olympics right you know there's just no contest but as a spirit if that is what you want to persevere and dedicate yourself, you have as much capability and capacity and potential as any other spirit. So these people who are severely disabled on earth could just be a brilliant, wonderful spirit person in the spirit world, but they'll just may have to go through a little bit of transition. Some may not, but some a lot probably have to go through a little bit of transition to get themselves back to where they were. I'll carry on. Group two, the lunatic, includes A and B, which is um, early or late in life. In the case of the former, it all depends what stage of spiritual development they had attained before the physical defect occurred, which rendered them insane. 
In the case of those thus afflicted in early life, it is probable that they will have to go to elementary schools in the seventh division of hell, though of course they may know enough to enter our realm and go to secondary schools. In all probability, however, they will not have time to commit many sins for that which they will have to undergo penance. Those afflicted later will have had time alike to acquire knowledge and therefore faith, and some time to do evil for which they will have to suffer. Their spiritual development, in short, will be that which they had reached when the insanity came upon them. Of course, many of the so-called lunatics, even when the lunacy is due solely to a physical defect or injuries, are not completely lacking in responsibility for their deeds. Often only part of the brain is affected, and in that case they may appear normal, except on one or two points. These shades of insanity are settled automatically. The spirit feels no need of remorse for offenses. It had no intention of committing, and for which it cannot be responsible. It, of course, regrets any evil it may have been caused by it being unable to control its body, just as a motorist would grieve if his motor ran away and hurt someone. But that would not be the sense of moral guilt which would attach to him if the accident was due to his racing. So he's off a little bit here. And I understand what he's trying to say. He's, he's trying to say that, you know, these people come and over time they are, they are cared for and they, they get back up to normal. Now, a lot, there's much more information in, if you read the books by uh, Dr. Andre Luis, Psychograph by Shigar Savier, there's a whole, and he goes a lot more into where he visits uh, mental institutions in hospitals and a lot of these people who have you know you know obsession and are you know have multiple personality disorders they're they're bipolar they're they're that reason and before i say anything like the most important thing always go to your psychiatrist psychologist or your doctor the spirit world knows this is always important but a lot of it and there are spiritists mental hospitals in Brazil that take, take care of this is caused by obsession by other, by other um, spirits. And these other spirits want to affect that poor person negatively. They want to persecute that person because of something they did in some past experience and past lives to that spirit. So, and then what happens when they go to a, a spiritual hospital, they're, they're, again, like he's saying, they're, they're educated and they're trained and they're, they're soothed over. And they, then also what will happen is they, the spirits will try and talk to these obsessing spirits and say, look, this, you know, the spirit world, karma, karma is everything, right? The spirit world will take care of what this person did in the past. They will learn. All you are doing by trying to get revenge for what that person did to you is you're wasting your time. You are not ascending. You're just sitting here trying to hurt this other person and you're not helping yourself. It's a very, you know, terrible misuse of your own time to ascend. And look, they will be taken care of. You need to let go and forgive because if you want to... You know, and they, they never tell this thing, but I always think to myself, if I was talking to one of these people, it's probably a mistake because they never say this, is that, you know, what they did to you, probably you did to someone else in a life that you don't remember, right? Everything comes around. So I just wanted to, to go into that. So then he goes on. He says, mental treatment will not be necessarily general in these cases, merely education. And before passing to the next group, let me remind you that many so-called maniacs are really unfortunate beings who are obsessed by other spirits. Okay, this is what I just said. Were the crimes committed by those through the obsessive physical organism that the unfortunate man is, of course, not responsible directly. He may, however, have to suffer here for them indirectly insofar as it was his evil life that allowed an evil spirit to take control. Now carry on. When the responsibility goes so far as invoking evil spirits to aid him in his nefarious purposes, as did the ancient wizards, the moral guilt is tremendous. 
This is indeed one of the worst crimes possible for which mental derangement is but the commencement of retribution. This type of obsession naturally just to consider cases two and three. So then he's talked about case two, which is lunacy caused by evil life or at least passion. Now he says this group very largely goes to hell, but of course not all. It is these latter who chiefly need treatment in our hospitals as well as ordinary education. Spiritual pride and even commonplace conceit are potent factors for rendering people insane as well as the most obvious vices such as drink and lust. So let's talk about this with lunacy and, and doing great evil. I'll give you an example. The, the spirit world is benevolent and they try to help people who have done, done this way. I was reading a book by a person that worked with Chico Xavier and they were, they went to a mental hospital to look at people in this, this physical mental hospital. And this shows you how the spirit world, the, the, the complexity and detail of the spirit world works. And they look at this man who, who was severely disabled and he couldn't even walk forward. He could only kind of walk backwards. And, and and so and he's, he's and he, he this guy Chico said you know who that is, and he says no. He goes you know he goes you know who that is in a in a, in a previous life, no. He goes that was Mussolini, Mussolini the dictator of Italy. He goes he's not here as a punishment per se. He's here so no other spirits can really bother him because. You know, think of, you know, you're a dictator. Think if you're the dictator, let's say right now, of North Korea and you die, you're going to have a lot of people who are going to be after you and haven't learned to what it is to forgive. And therefore, what they're trying to do is you're trying to get, you know, Mussolini into a physical body, trying to get him rearranged. They're probably going to put him, after he dies, they're probably going back into a hospital and get him to feel, you know, get back on their, on their track and get other spirits to say, let go of their hatred toward him. So hatred toward him. So at least at some time he can go back and have some normal life and, and get back on the track to become a good person. Now, of course, I can name other names. You go, well, that person's totally evil, right? Like Stalin or Mao. Well, everybody has good and evil in them. And everybody here on earth will become better someday. And here, I just have someone coming saying, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, here's a person telling me he's talking about Mussolini. Yes. And so therefore, in the spiritist hospitals here on earth, the physical earth, what they'll do is someone who is obsessed or bipolar, right? Caused by obsession sometimes. A lot of it could be physical, right? So always go to your doctor. They try and talk to the spirits who are obsessing this person and say, why are you trying to get revenge? And explain to them, as I said before, the futility of revenge. Let me give you another example. Another person who worked with Chico Xavier was in line with Chico. And as people would go through the line, they, they would talk to Chico. And then this couple said, came up to Chico and they, and they said, oh, Chico, can you please help us? Our daughter is just, you know, is spiraling down, spiraling down into mental illness. And it's just, we, there's nothing we can do. We can't get her out of it. And Chico said, go help. Go help anybody you can. Go assist others. And then I, I, I forgot how, you know, many months, maybe a year, whatever, later, the same couple came by and it goes, Chico, our daughter's much better. And then after this whole the day was done and Chico talked to this guy, he goes, well, you know, remember that couple from a year ago or whatever, and their daughter's better now. You know why they're, her daughter's better? He goes, no, because I told them to go help. And what they did is they went to prisons and tried to help the prisoners. Any way they could, they tried to help the prisoners, you know, learn, help them with, you know, goods or whatever. And he goes, what happened is the mothers of those prisoners, the mothers in the spirit world, saw this wonderful couple helping their sons in this, you know, men's prison. And then 
they followed the couple home and they saw spirits obsessing their daughter. And these mothers of these poor prisoners said, why are you doing this? This couple is helping our sons. He goes, please let these, you know, let this woman go. And they said, okay, it probably wasn't that easy by making the story short. They said, but they stopped obsessing her and then she became better. So these things always come around and there's always complications. If you look at the tapestry of our life and there's so much interconnectedness and uh, I mean, it's it, everything's more complex than you see. That person who you hate, that may have been someone that did something bad to you or they hate you because you did something bad to them in a previous life. That's why Jesus said, forgive 70 times 70. You don't want people trying to obsess you. Are you obsessing others? Forgive, get back together, understand, right? Ask for forgiveness and try to be as good as you can. So let me carry on into the book. And you talk about religious mania. So then I was, I was taken by a man who during life had been a great mental specialist. And in this building was placed among the most beautiful surroundings. It seemed to breathe an atmosphere of peace, peace and rest. I mentioned this impression to my friend, the doctor, who replied, quite so. Quiet, soothing surroundings are the first essentials for dealing with any kind of mental disorder. The garden surrounding the hospital <clears throat> contain broad stretches of lawn interspersed with beautiful woods and everywhere the soft notes of rippling or falling water were faintly audible. Ever and anon through the trees I caught the glint of water tinged with, with evening glow and I saw many of the patients passing along the handsome avenue and there was flower beds and everything. Then he said we passed into the building itself and I found that in some ways the institution was arranged on a similar line to those of the houses of refuge in hell. There was a secondary school attached and most of the patients attended the school as part of their course of treatment. Further, there were concert halls and a theater, chapels for several different religious bodies, an art gallery, and so forth. Let me stop there. There is a marvelous book called The Memoirs of a Suicide by Yvonne Piera. And in this book, Camilo Branco was a famous author in Portugal. He was called the Balzac of Portugal. He committed suicide in the late 1800s because he was going blind with syphilis. Now, he committed suicide and he had to spend some years in the lower zone, which happens to suicides because you're not allowed to rise to heaven. Now, there are exceptions to this. I don't want to say this all the time. Until, you, until your original uh, due date was there. So if he was supposed to die at 70 and he committed suicide at 65, he'd have to spend five earth years in that lower zone. Again, this is not the complete rule. There's always exceptions and all sorts of things. And, I, and so it doesn't happen all the time. But then after that time was up, he was taken to a hospital. And, and it was a beautiful hospital. And there were... Just like this guy, just like this person's spirit is saying, there were concert halls, there were art galleries, there were chapels, people were together, there were lessons. And in fact, one of the thing, <clears throat> things they did at this hospital for suicides is they put them on a stage and it explained to them why they, why they went through what they did. And the first thing they always said is, look, Whatever horrible things happen to you, if you waited a week, a month, maybe a year, something would have changed and gotten you out of the situation. He goes, the tasks on earth aren't made for you to fail, right? Not, not. And some of the tasks could be that you die at the end, but that's not necessarily failure. That's just transitioning from one state to another. Yeah, as a spiritist, you have to dispel your, your idea saying that death is a failure. No, death is just a transition. So it goes, if you just waited it out, something would have happened. It's like 
you're in the classroom. You just got to wait that 15 minutes for that bell to ring. Even if you hate the teacher and boy, this is boring. Time will march on and the bell will ring and you'll go to the next class. So very interesting. They, and, but they also had concerts. They actually even had a concert by, by Chopin who were there and gave them this wonderful, not just music, but uh, art and kind of a, what his life was like, you know, it's kind of a multi, multi, uh, media entertainment and it was they said it was just wonderful so this you know again what he said corresponds to what has been said in spiritus literature and i'll carry on because my medical friend explained one of our chief objects is to divert the mind of the patient from too much concentration upon themselves many were very selfish or at any rate self-centered folk Religious mania or excessive grief is likewise the cause of many of these cases being here. Wholesome, soothing amusements, which will dispel the morbid trait in their characters, are therefore of the greatest value. As to direct treatment, we largely employ suggestion, hypnotism, and magnetism. So let me tell you about magnetism. Let me stop there for a second. Magnetism is a lot like where they put passes over and they try to to, they try to rebalance the the crown centers, the chakras, the four centers, as they as they say in Spiritism, of the person. And you can actually get passes in if you go to a spiritual center. You'll go to a spiritual center. You'll probably listen to a lecture on on some spiritual uh, topic, and then at the end you'll go into a room and you'll they'll get passes. They won't touch you, but they'll just pass their hand back and forth, and you'll feel this power. And there's a spirit behind the medium, you know, putting their hands by you that flow that magnetic energy and to help balance your, your body and your vibrations. And that's what they do in the spirit world too, although more effectively. And he describes it because she was stretched on a bed clad in a plain grayish white robe drawn in the middle uh, at the waist by a girdle and similar to the costume they all wear here. One doctor was standing behind her with his hand gently resting on her forehead while the other stood at her feet, but without touching her. Both men seemed to be concentrating their wills on her and gazing into her face. They made no movement or any sign that they were aware of our presence. I was able to perceive that from each that there appeared to flow out a kind of faint light and that this light being focused as it were on her head. Now, in one of the books, in I believe it was one of the Andre Louis series of books, they actually talked about psychic surgery, where they went into a spirit and found the, the cause of either an obsession or something, and they tried to ex, you know, extract that memory and maybe change it, they modified it a bit. And in fact, they said in the future, there will be psychic surgery here on earth probably hopefully you know i don't know how far in the future so this and because if you think of us as logical constructs right in the spirit you can read minds right everything's right there and you're really kind of you're a personality and a character and that your 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 personality and character is composed of of data and memories and you know, everything around you you can see how one can do that now, how all this works together to make you a unique personality and a wonderful person, uh, I'm not sure. But that is what the spirit world is. The spirit world is it makes us just like we are with, you know, all unique personalities and characters with free will. And, that, and therefore, when you have all these high spirits, wonderful angels of light and wonderment, yet they're all somewhat different. And they're all amazing in their own right. God does not want automata. They don't want a bunch of robots or ants all doing the same. This is this is the genius of the spirit universe. This is the genius of God. Why, you know that 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 whole whatever God is exactly is so far ahead of us. And in fact, spirits say you can't understand God here on earth. The only way to approach understanding God is to try to understand Jesus Christ. And spirits say, even in the spirit universe and the levels around 
the earth of levels of heaven, even they don't understand God. They have to keep rising and rising and rising. So, and then they said, we entered another room and found a hypnotist at work and he was making passes over someone. And as soon as he saw us, he bowed and explained that this patient could not eliminate from his mind the remembrances of a terrible accident for which he was to a certain extent responsible. The remembrance of this had turned his brain on earth and the ill effects were not entirely yet removed from his mind. So I'm hypnotizing him for a time so as to compel him to forget this terrible experience. This is a psychic surgery, so explain it right now. So by degrees, we shall restore peace to his mind. And, and as my medical friend said, he goes, this is a strange case and shows how strong is the power of the mind and even the remembrance of the body after death. This woman's mental affliction in life took the form of a belief that she was a cripple unable to walk. There was nothing organically wrong, yet by degrees, as this hallucination grew upon her, she became crippled and misshapen, even as she is now. Had the disease been a physical one, she would have left it behind at her death. But it is purely a mental one due to a morbid nature, which in life seemed to take a perverted joy in gazing at the misshapen and the crippled. This she did not from any motive of sorrow or, or wish to help the sufferers, but out of a morbid curiosity. For the rest, however, she was neither a total unbeliever nor yet evil by nature. Few cases such as this come to us here. They are... They are, I understand, more common in the lower zones. Because, well, how did you treat her? Mainly by magnetism, which is the passes in mental suggestion. We are striving to prove to her that her spiritual body need not reproduce the defects of the physical one. Now, this is a very, you know, astounding case. But when you think of that, the same ha thing happens when drug addicts or alcoholics move over from the physical life to the spirit life. Their bodies do not need drugs or alcohol, but their mind thinks that they do. So they are still somewhat addicts when they go over in the spirit world. They don't really need it. It's not changing your receptors. It's not physically, you don't go through DTs or any of that. Yet they still want it because that is what their mind tells them to. The mind is so powerful. And that's what happens to a lot of lower spirits that they will congregate around other incarnate people physically on earth, uh, drug users and alcoholics, and they'll get right close to them and they'll just breathe in that alcohol and get that feeling. That it must be why it is so hard to reform yourself if you're an addict of some sort, because you have all these spirits around you saying, drink, drink, or take this drug, right? Because they want to feel that effect. And you're having all these mental suggestions for you not to become better. It is very tough. And that's, that's why I think a lot of it is the alcoholic anonymous really emphasizes forgiveness and then, and then religion and God, because you've got to have that higher faith to get through all these horrible suggestions from other spirits to, to keep on what you're doing down the wrong path. So then, you know, so then he says, well, is there an operating theater? And he goes, no, no, we've long gone past those clumsy methods here. There is no reason for an operating theater. There's no, owing to the material nature, you know, on earth are required because you're physically, you know, material. But here it's not because the spirit body yields and needs much subtler methods. So I hope this helps explain to you much better about life in the spirit world and how how it you know is superior in 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 all the ways and his in this is how his idea corresponds with with what i have read from multiple spiritual sources you know, that what he you know in the book gone west this is just his idea and this is why spiritism is so powerful so let me let me talk about that for a second a lot of people have written books saying, I've talked to this spirit and I have, uh, you know, this is what I know about heaven and the spirit world and how all this works. And, and I'm sure a lot of that is true, but they all, you know, they've talked to the spirit and they've all done it through their own, their own filter, their own point of view. 
but yet in spiritism is multiple point of view and spiritism of course was brought to us by the spirit of truth as promised by jesus in the new testament and alan kardec codified responses from a multitude of spirits and he codified that into the spirits book and he wrote other books too and one should start with that book and read that book first but then what i've done in my book book two you might want to read book one first but book two is spirit in the universe they're all, they can all stand alone and exactly how does these colleges how they feeding each other how you grow from one level to the next you know what do you learn what is the classroom like what are the powers of the spirit all that and the more you understand that type of information the more you can reason yourself why you want to improve and why you want to study your own spirituality. It doesn't have to be spiritism. It's just your own spirituality. Try to follow the golden rule. Try to do good with each other. Be loving, caring, and honest. I, as I tell people, you can be an atheist and not believe anything, but if you're a good person, spirit world will help you. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to not eat certain food. You have to be a good person. That is the most important thing. So again, I just want to say that I think for those of you who, who really want to understand, you know, why should I care, right? Because I, I, I go through spiritism. Some people, you know, I have books like How to Live, Inner Peace with Spiritism, for emotionally and, and your personality, how you can change it to get yourself ready to ascend. But I know a lot of people, and this is me, you know, we, we have to know, okay, what's there waiting for? Why should I motivate myself? And this is why I really go into these books. And then just as um, to make sure I complete it is I just want to show this is really the book that you probably, if you can, some people learn different ways, but the spirits book, you can get that on PDF and it's, you, know, or you can get it on, uh, you can go to my site, NW Spiritism, click on his picture and it'll take you to a bookstore. You can get it. You can also get it on amazon.com or order it through your, through your local bookstore. But you know, I'll, you know, get in PDF, which I did. That's when I first read and understood about it. So, oh, I have a question. Uh, I'm at the end, really. So, it says, why do some parents curse their children, or why do some parents want their children to remain single or take on vows of poverty? Well, that's a good question, and there, are, I'm sure, there are many reasons. Now, when they say if and there, actually this was covered somewhat in the spirits book when they asked you know why are some parents bad parents now this may not mean that they're bad bad parents but if they curse their 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 children they are not good parents and what they say is bad parents are always primitive spirits meaning they came from a less advanced planet and they are not as mature and if you're a good child with those type of parents most probably you are you self-selected that trial because you in your mind are what you're in the actuality in some previous life you were not a good parent and therefore you needed to experience what it was like having a not very good parent and your parents were selected because they're not very advanced and they didn't know how to love and revere their children and that is usually the case because you ask for that. And that's a very hard trial when you're, and I've talked to uh, quite a few people who have had extremely difficult parents and you're the one who are, who is most probably it's twofold. You're the one is at a higher level. And so the spirit world is, is having you as their child because you asked for it. You wanted to know the experience of a, of a bad, of being, you know, what the effect of a child is with a bad parent. In fact, I talked to this one medium. He told me that his parents didn't really care about him. And he says, and I know why. He goes, because I was in the ballet and that's all I cared about was the ballet. And I just completely ignored my children, didn't care. I, I just, I had children, but I completely ignored them. And now guess what? He's complete. He was completely ignored by his parents. So he understood that. It's sad, and you don't really want to see the, 
that going through. But you know, he was a such a, a intelligent person that most probably he said, no, I need this for me to atone for what I've done wrong in the past. And therefore, you, the person you know, experiencing this, let's say they wanted you to take a vow of poverty, you may have tried to force someone to say, no, okay, you're, you're the second son, you need to go into the church and take a vow of poverty. Or are you, my daughter, you're gonna be a nun, right? Because you know how some Catholic families, and you know, of course other religions the same way as the Buddhist priest, of, of, um, of these things happening. Now, you say, okay, I have no memory of these previous agreements. You're probably not allowed that. You only have, you know, it's some, you know, if you're a medium, if, you know, you're not only going to be selectively allowed of previous lives of what, what is uh, given to you. And you may not be allowed of that because your parents may actually, in your relationship with your parents, may even be worse than you think. You may have done great harm to them in the past, and they didn't want you to know that. So there are other reasons that could happen um, for that, re uh, you know, in that case. So these things are, you know, so the most important thing I want to, to um, emphasize is that what you're, what you're going through, if you have bad parents, this is for anyone out there, isn't to punish you. It is, it is for your learning and edification. This is to show you this is what you have done in the past something similar and usually it's more benign than what you have done in the past you probably have done something worse in the past and you actually have a pretty easy time of it in this life even though in the circumstances that anybody is in that doesn't feel it right because it's always worse when it happens to you and it's a very difficult situation to go through but there's always a reason it's not punishment, it's for your learning. And therefore you need to analyze your parents' uh, actions and character and say, okay, they are my parents, I love them, but they're not very good. They, they have a long ways to learn. They misdirect me. I'm gonna have to rise above that. You know, maybe you have to distance yourself, you try to help them as you can, but, but understand that they don't really have the spiritual maturity to help you as you need to be helped. Probably because you didn't help other children as they needed to be helped in a previous life. I know that's probably not uh, of comfort, but the comfort that is that if you can forgive and love them and understand that someday in time, they will become better spirits, more mature spirits, and try to concentrate on that and see them, see their maturity as a, as a trend line in time, hopefully going up. A lot of times they may say, you know, level for a while, but hopefully going up over time that someday that they will be wonderful parents and wonderful children themselves. And that you have gone through one heck of a tough trial and if you have learned your lesson saying, I'm never gonna be like them, I understand what it is to be like them now, you have gone through that trial and in your next life, you will not have to go through it again. So I hope that helps to whatever small extent I can give you. Anyway, I wanna say, I'm at the end of my time, I wanna say God bless everyone. Please subscribe, hit the bell, Go to my site, NW Spiritism. Study about spiritism. If you, if you really want to understand why you're going through what you're going, your trials and tribulations, the more you study and understand that why we're on earth to be trained, to get rid of our all of our mistakes, then you then you you will feel much better. And the trials and tribulations will become less uh less harsh to you and you'll and you can look at them from outside of your body from on top of the mountain and oh yes uncles and this affects yeah so yes your your attitude is tough because um and you're you're doing your best and all i can say is no matter what happens uh in your relationship and with your children try and act as honorable as possible even if you're if your spouse doesn't, 
but always protect the children. Now, in the Spirit's book, even they say divorce is a man-made law, that there's no such thing as you have to be married forever, but one should always make sure that the children are not affected. I know that's very hard, but try and help that person as much as you can. Try to be understanding and know that your, your spouse is putting up with you and you're putting up with, with, you know, with her or him and and you know that you're both we're on a planet of atonement right we're not perfect spirits we're all learning and and we're all trying to learn from each other as much as we can and therefore try always to be nice and analyze your own actions and how you can make things better for others anyway uh hang in there and if you want more if you want to explain more about your situation for anybody out there you can go to my site, nwspiritism.com, and you can hit the About Me contact. Email me. You and I can set up a time. You can email me what you're saying. Many people do. Sometimes I'll talk to people through WhatsApp or Skype, or I'll, we'll just email back and forth. I'll be happy, you know, just to give you my poor advice, uh, you know, for nothing, of course. And, uh, you know, Hopefully, if I can be of any help or, or if I can tell you the wrong thing and you say, oh, no, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but now I know what to do, even that might be of help. Anyway, I want to say, everybody, God bless for everyone. God bless.